Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for that lovely time of worship. It gets us in the right space to be in his presence and ready to hear what he's going to say to us, doesn't it? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you. For you indeed are the Holy One, the one to whom all glory is due. Will you take what I've prepared this morning, Father God, and may these words have your power and authority behind them. Holy Spirit, will you touch people's hearts today? In Jesus' name, amen. So this is the last week we'll be doing um, Finding Christ in the Old Testament. Um, we've go into Advent next week, obviously. And as I said, um, the first day of this series, it would take a very long time to cover every prophecy, every pre-incarnate appearance, and every type, that's person or thing, that foreshadows Christ. This has just been a few weeks of picking out some of the verses and looking more closely at them. But do think about doing some research for yourself. It's fascinating and it does grow your faith as you start to see how God's story from the beginning of time, his plan was to redeem us from our waywardness to draw us back into relationship with himself. And he always planned from the beginning that that would be done through his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't had time to look fully at the Psalms. They are full of imagery and prophecy of the coming Messiah. Psalm 22 especially describes in such detail the death of the Messiah on the cross. On the day of Pentecost, when the disciples received the Holy Spirit, we read in Acts that Peter stood up and preached to the crowds and quoted from Psalm 16 to show that the Messiah was to be raised from death and that Jesus was the Messiah. And in my talk last week, I spoke of Jesus being made our high priest Psalm 110 tells of God making Christ a high priest forever. That's just a taster of what's in the Psalms. After Psalms in our Bibles, we come to the books of the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets. Isaiah especially has so many prophecies about the Messiah, his birth, his life, his death. When Jesus first spoke in the synagogue, he read from the beginning of of Isaiah 61 and declared, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I'm the one the prophet refers to. Jesus quoted from the scriptures about himself so many times, and especially from the book of Daniel. So we have Christ's authority that these prophecies were about him. God was sending that message from the beginning of time. 
So with Christmas rapidly approaching, I thought it might be nice to look at some of the prophecies about the birth of Jesus. So we've got a few of those. They're all very familiar passages. We hear every Advent. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And Jesus is our wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Then we come to Isaiah 7.14 where it reads... Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And that's picked up and quoted in a dream that Joseph, Mary's husband, had um, in Matthew 1, 20 to 23. And it, it follows on from Joseph is considering how he's going to divorce Mary. And he, it, in his dream, it says after he, he had con- Considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then when the Magi came to visit the newborn king, they went to Herod's palace. Herod's advisors find a verse in Micah to tell the Magi that the baby will be born in Bethlehem. We read in Matthew 2, 5 and 6, in Bethlehem in Judea, they, that's Herod's advisors, replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That quote comes from Micah chapter 5. All these prophecies came to pass exactly as prophesied. If you have time to look up the other prophecies about the life of Jesus, you will find that they too have been fully fulfilled. There's one passage that I want to focus on today. It's in Isaiah. I want to look more closely at it. Let's read Isaiah 28, 16 to 17. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. Another prophecy of the coming Messiah. I found this on Got Questions. 
God speaks to the scoffers and boasters of Judah, and he promises to send the cornerstone, his precious son, who will provide the firm foundation for their lives if they would but trust in him. Since ancient times, builders have used cornerstones in their construction projects. A cornerstone was the principal stone, usually placed at the corner of an edifice to guide the workers in their course. The cornerstone was usually one of the largest, most solid and most carefully constructed, constructed of any of in the ed, ed, sorry, edifice. The Bible describes Jesus as the cornerstone that his church will be built upon. He is foundational. Once the cornerstone was set, it became the basis for determining every measurement in the remaining construction. Everything was aligned to it. As the cornerstone of the building of the church, Jesus is our standard of measurement and alignment. Jesus, our cornerstone, our firm foundation. But note, if we put our trust in him. Peter quoted this passage in 1 Peter 2, 4 to 8. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Peter says that Jesus is our cornerstone. A cho chosen by God and precious to him. The cornerstone is also reliable and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Peter also quotes from Psalm 118 when he says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus was rejected and put to death, but he became the cornerstone, the foundation on which God's church is built. And Peter also quotes from Isaiah 8.14, he will be a holy place for both Israel and Judah. He will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. The Jewish leaders didn't accept Jesus. He became their stumbling stone and they rejected him. As Paul says in Romans 9, what then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. 
but the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, see, I lay a stone in Zion. Sorry, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So many times that verse comes up, doesn't it? And Peter says in the earlier passage, he said, to you who believe this stone is precious. When we come to Jesus and give our lives to him, he is precious to us. And we learn to trust and follow him. Is your life built on the foundation of Jesus? Is he your cornerstone? Build your life on him. We sing a song, don't we, that says, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. Can you say that sincerely? Can you mean it? We're all a work in progress, aren't we? I like the way our Isaiah passage, the um, Isaiah 28 passage, is put in the message translation. But the master God has something to say to this. Watch closely. I'm laying a foundation in Zion, a solid granite foundation, squared and true. And this is the meaning of the stone. A trusting life won't topple. I'll make justice the measuring stick and righteousness the plumb line for the building. A trusting life won't topple. I thought that was a lovely way of putting it. Something to keep our focus on, isn't it? If we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we trust him, we won't topple So to my last point, the book of Acts starts with the ascension of Jesus. After his resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days with the disciples, teaching and preparing them to be his church. And when we get to Acts 1, 9 and 10, it says, After he, that's Jesus, said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, And a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus will return. As we have seen, the prophecies of his first coming were completely fulfilled from his birth to his life to his death. What the angels said to those disciples will come to pass. Jesus will return. Are you ready? Is your life built 
on Christ the cornerstone, your sure and firm foundation. Horatio Spafford wrote a great hymn in 1873. He was on a ship to Europe from America to meet up with his heartbroken wife, Anna. She had sailed a few weeks before, but the ship she and their four daughters were on collided with another ship and sank, taking many lives. Anna survived, but their four daughters did not. As the ship passed the point where where his children had died, Horatio wrote the hymn, It is well. The final verse reads, And Lord, haste the way when my faith shall be sight. The clouds will be rolled back like a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. He knew that Jesus would be returning. And he wanted to say that it was still well with his soul. He knew where he was going. That day is coming. We aren't told when, but we are told to be ready, alert, waiting. Are we ready for Christ's return? Can we sing with Horatio? I'm going to try and sing this, so hopefully, perhaps you'll join in. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your Bible, that your scripture to us, your word is a living word. Thank you, Lord, that in everything that we read, we find your story. We thank you that that story <coughs> excuse me, is of how you wanted us, want us to be in relationship with you, how you sent your son, how you told everybody that that was going to be happening. You gave people plenty of time to turn to him. And so we thank you that we live in an era that is post his birth, when we can know Jesus personally. May we fix our eyes on him. May we put our trust in him. May we build our lives on him. So that we can indeed say, it is well with my soul. Thank you, Father God, for your love. Thank you for your care and your guidance. Thank you for your promise that Jesus will come again and that we will be with him and you one day in the new heaven and new earth. Thank you, Lord. Amen.